April 25, 2017, it's the Watt from Pedro Show.
From Pedro Show. Hey, brother Matt, hey, how you doing? Good, good. Welcome back. It's probably our last uh, show for the month, and maybe for the next month because I'm on tour. I'm gone. It's hard for me to do these when. Oops, playing night after night. But uh, I'm very excited. Our guest today, huh? Yeah, he yeah. Hell ride down from downtown. Yeah, LA. been a long while since he's been down here. Fourteen years <laughs> in one month. Fourteen years, one month. People. 
Welcome, Paul Rossi. Welcome back. Yeah. Glad to be uh, here. A very special uh, reason for having Paul. And uh, I think it was with the second man, it was with Pete and Jer, so it wasn't really your own show. And I can't even remember what we talked about except probably second opera stuff. Or <laughs> you could relate with the second man yeah. and the piece. But the uh, reason uh, I thought of it, what happened was Paul sent me a new piece he uh, worked on. It's uh, divided like into five, six parts. It's called uh, Galatia. 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 Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Galatia. And, uh, uh, yeah. Well, we played the first part, you, after uh, hearing John Coltrane doing Fran Dance. Uh, actually, that's John Coltrane with uh, Miles Davis and something live. But um, before we get to the Galatia, Let's go into your music. Can you remember your earliest music memory? There's a lot of music in our house. On my mom's side, there was a lot of folk music, Peter, Paul, Mary, and Pete Seeger. And, uh, and so I was getting a lot of like uh, leftist propaganda. And then my dad was listening to Wagner and the classical music. So I remember being a little kid and listening to it, and I started getting... The living room full of their music. Yep, and then I remember uh, I started getting piano lessons when I was eight years old. Eight. And that was just like doing math for a long time, trying to get... Whose idea was the piano? Uh, you know, my parents, they wanted to... I was they're listeners, to, but they're not players, right? They're not players, but I was a little bit of a science project for them. They were yeah, they were going to make me, like, fertilize me. And, Paul's firstborn, too. Yeah. And firstborn of a firstborn of a yeah. firstborn. Uh, and I got one, too. Alpha rock. Yeah. So, um, they, you know, they left it. They sort of like, you know, if you'd like to do it, if you practice, and you don't have to if you don't want to, but, you know, you know that was there one you, in the they pad? would be disappointed if you didn't. Was there one in the pad? Yes, they got a piano, and I started taking piano lessons. But right around that time, my uncle gave me some rock and roll records, mm -hmm. right around okay. nine, 9 or 10. And uh, he gave me uh, uh, the Beatles and the band, that band album that I still to this day listen to in Richard awe. Richard Manuel, trippy piano. Yeah, I mean, piano and, piano and organ at the same time. Oh, yeah, with yeah. Uh, Garth. Garth. And yeah. then they're Canadians writing him out the night they drove old Dixie yeah. down. Well, no, well yeah. that's the drone. He's Arkansas. <laughs> Incredible! I, I love that. They're a mix, you know. Yeah, great. And then great. Donovan, and you know, Canadians, it's okay. <laughs> Pretty good. There's some like musicals, West Side Story, and and Hair, and Man of La Mancha, and Camelot. That stuff was playing too. So it's playing. You didn't pick it. Can you remember the first record you bought, a forty-five or album? My for a while, my 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 I would my parents, my uncle were giving me a, a steady diet, you know, and okay. I was just absorbing. But I remember I noticed. That uh, all my favorite songs on those Peter Paul Mary records were written by someone named B. Dylan, and they had a song called "Bob Dylan's Dream," and I was like, "Oh, Bob Dylan, who's this guy?" I was like eight or nine years old. I go, "Who's who's Bob Dylan?" Yeah, yeah. And I so I got Bob, I asked for Bob Dylan's greatest hits, and it doesn't get much better. Oh than yeah, there was two versions. The first one. Yeah, there was two volumes. One and, was a double album. One was a single. And uh, that was amazing. That was maybe the first. Of course, I you know once I got that first Beatle, so I, you asked for it. I asked for okay, it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, what about school? Well, were you in the band? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I lived outside the country, and I went to some kind of strange high schools. Yeah. By the time I was fifteen or sixteen, all I was thinking about was music. 
I was completely. But you were in the school. I played in the it, school band. Sure. But, Little taste of jazz. I had. But, a, but what'd you do? Did you do piano? Yeah, and I had a but jazz band. They had oh, a jazz but, ensemble, okay. which is about twenty, thirty guys. We sure, had a sure. great teacher. Because I'm always thinking marching band. No. I think at high school. But John John Magruder at Uni High was an old bebop guy, and he knew everything. He's a mean Uni. So by this time you're on the west. Yeah, this is so. And I played in the junior high band. And that guy loved Doc Severinsen. So there was always a jazz ensemble in addition to sure, marching. Sure. That's probably what the teacher really wanted to do. Yeah, but the, the sport yeah. football team, they yeah. needed the marching. So I learned, played some bassy, played some of, you know, I played some of that stuff. Bassy arrangements of Christmas carols. And, but you know what? I wasn't good at it. I mean, my background, they weren't, they weren't playing jazz in the home, and jazz did not come natural to me. I appreciate it all. The, the piano lessons you were getting were more classical. classical. music. Yeah. I played a lot of Chopin, but, a lot but, of Beethoven. You started composing, too, a lot right? Of Bach, yeah. Because... When I was looking back over the shows we did with him, Brother Matt, I played a whole piece four years ago he did called The Ark. And I, I, oh, you played that? <coughs> Thank the whole you, thing. Sir. Took the whole third hour, almost. It was, it was a big piece. And I remember you giving it to me and telling me the story that this thing was teenage work. Wrote it when I was It never got realized until like you know, 30 or 40 years mm. later. <laughs> right? Well, you know... That was written in 1975. It's 47 minutes long. Yeah. And I worked for two years with getting a band to play it, and it kept falling apart, and then punk rock happened. And, you know, that you music was obsolete. So, but it's such a, it took such a three years of my life sure, as a teenager. Sure. So I went back to look at it in 2012, and I was like, what would happen if I record? First of all, it's going to take so much work. But, um... I realized that I've been producing now for years, and I was like, well, what if I produce this and somehow bring it up to date? You know, I'm not afraid of complexity. I'm not afraid of odd meters. It's not that. There's somehow getting out, and I didn't rewrite it or anything. I just, production is sort of a subtle thing. It's um, just realizing in a way where the things that I might have found offensive at the time, which as far as bloat or pretentiousness and and try to get a little bit of humor and, and, and a little more... And then the still, in the end, it was uh, it was me doing a favor to that kid that spent all that time working right, on it. Right. You know, it was me... It was like if I was uh, like this... I was 16 and this old guy came in and he said, Okay, kid, we love your music. We're going we're gonna to record your album. Yeah. But we're going to use instruments from the future. <laughs> I mean, it would have been like my dream come true. So I made my dream come true and... I don't know if it's... Usually, unless you're really lucky, you end up having to fucking do that. You have to do it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there ain't really shortcuts. <laughs> no, and it was... It... Uh, okay, let's get to this thing. Mm -hmm. Galatea. Okay. What Not does it mean? piece from the old days. No, this is new. Oh, well, actually, the myth you told me is from Greek days. It's a Greek myth. The book, it's based on a book that was written in 1995. I finished it. It was 21 minutes long, and I thought of you. Because there's not a lot of guys out there doing operas. You know, and this is a little bit of an operetta. Yes. It's a, some, not, a quick not, one. It's not the biggest theme. Yeah, it's not tiny. It's like quick one if yeah. you know the who. It's, it's a small theme, but a lot is... We can talk about a lot of stuff from this... From looking at closely at a smaller theme. Yeah, yeah. And the theme in this book is artificial intelligence and neural networks. And what is consciousness? What is the difference between a human being and a machine? And... Um, how could be the Greeks be talking about that? Well, the Greek myth, he builds a statue and he teaches, he, he loves the statue so much that she comes to life yeah. and then he teaches her. 
Yeah. You know, it's like where we take this inanimate object that comes to life and then we teach it. Now, yeah. you, you mentioned Frankenstein before. Nobody taught Frankenstein. He learns just looking through the, through the window, listening to a family, and he learns to become completely educated that way. But um, in this, they have this neural network and they want to try to get it to pass the Turing test. You know what the Turing yeah, test yeah. is? Where I mean, you cannot knows. tell whether you're talking to a computer or not. That's right. So they, they, they read in... They read in all the world's literature, and it comes back with word salad. And then, very slowly, the word salad starts to form into things where it almost sounds like it's making sense. And there's this whole, are we projecting on this thing, or is this thing actually... Now, this sounds very dry, but it's also wrapped in a very, very deep and personal love story, the breakup story of his relationship with for 10 years. So there's these parallels between this... And the author, whose name is Richard Powers, the lead character in the story is also named Richard Powers. So there's this meta, uh, you know... Um, it's like in, uh, we were talking about Dante. Uh, we, uh, he, put, yeah. he talks in other voices where he like, looks at the camera. Yeah, dear reader, exactly. Dear reader. Right, which is... Or the, or, but other times, the pilgrim. And yes. It's Virgil. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay, we're going to listen to the uh, second part. Uh, forgive us... What we are, love what we wanted to be.
A broken down chain streaks across the high-speed cracking highway. save what we save 
waiting on the winds, tides, the weather. Thin strings of paper. Gathering willow twigs from along the creeks. Teaching tricks of trapping a fox. Bending willow ribs by chewing them soft. Crazy pussy. Waxing them soft. Shaved and waxen waned in whacking them off. Almost lost in the broad shoulders. She buried her head and sunk her eyes. Drilling holes through brittle shells to illustrate stories in the snow. Come here, come here on the thin strings of paper. And happy summer has come around, and I long to be tired in your arms.
uh, Watford Pivo Show. Uh, we heard the second part of Galatea. Forgive us what we are, love what we wanted to be, Paul Rossler. Then Thurston Moore, brand new, Smoke of Dreams. has a new album, too. Tenko with the ti uh, Time Drawers. That's what I was thinking of when I was hearing your pieces. I know she does like, um, she's like Petra with the voice, but mm. I was thinking it. But I was, I was thinking it with the wrong pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked up. Guy by Voices, Fever Pitch, Bob, his 100th album. Wow. Only 100 Jeez. more. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Incredible. And, and, and this one's a double album. It's the first time he collaborates. After 100 albums, maybe, yeah. Give the band some. Okay. Uh, Kim Baum Kessner out of Berlin. Brand new. Ina Klein of Match Music. Uh, Grandpa's Ghost, brand new out of St. Louis. Come here, come here. Nels Klein, his double album that he did here at Royce Hall with strings. Wow. Uh, you notice Frog Woman with I Hope. And these are guys, you know when you look at Italy, it's a boot. Mm -hmm. You see between the heel and the toe. Mm -hmm. There's an area there, huh? Between Abari and Calabria. Uh, these guys are... Um, have a wedding. They want me to come and play some Stooges song oh, yeah. for the wedding. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've been kind of by those parts. Uh, I was in Bari. That shit. And, uh, but it's hard to get the South the Italy. So I'm going to take them three days. Yeah. The land of the Frog Woman. Frog Woman. That's the name of the band. With I Hope. So it's so, so kind of those guys to invite me for that. So I'll probably be the oldest dude. The <laughs> And then uh, Marco Serrato. Yeah, he's uh, in Spain, so I said, Serrano, 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 huh? <laughs> Two bars. With uh, Alto Padre, the higher father, and he's a bass man. And so, much respect. Uh, Alto Bajo. <laughs> <laughs> so, th that's what, actually, we're called. If you look at the old maps, we're Alto, California. Yeah, yeah. Right. North Alto, Alto, California. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that get, got thrown away. Huh? Yeah. Okay, and uh, finally uh, from Holland, Automatic Sam with So Long in E minor. Yeah. Right? E, there's a wire song, right? The low down he goes, because that's where you play the blues. <laughs> Open <laughs> strings. Open accent, you know, blues. <laughs> well, Colin uh, Newman, you can never accuse of having uh, U.S. affectation. With his voice. Okay, back to the... Uh, to the, the the story. So, you used a really old story that was retold by a science fiction kind of guy in the he's 90s? He's really not. He's oh, not he's a not. science fiction writer at all. In fact, I think you would love his writing. And I would... I think, yeah, but I was big into science fiction as a boy. This, Ray, Ray Bradbury? Sure. Incredibly huge. Great writer. Um, and, and there's going to be stuff some... Like, wicked... Something wicked this way comes? Yes, it's... There's not a lot of robots. No, it's beautiful. Spacemen, right? No, I agree. Um... There's going to be spoiler alerts if we talk too much about this, but I really encourage people to read the book or really read any... His name, his name is Richard Powers. Richard Powers. He was a scientist before he became a writer, but he met a, a teacher that inspired him with literature. So every time he writes a book, they're heavily researched. There's a, a, another book that he wrote right before this one, which is called The Goldberg Variations. The Gold Bug Variations, excuse me. The Gold Bug Variations. Is about it's got all the background yes of um, when they were discovering genetics and the human genome and how genetics works and so when you read this this book you get this 
incredible dose of background. It reminds me of Tosh's also in a way. There's some writers. So uh, I read another book recently by his called Orpheo where the lead character is a composer, a 20th century composer, and he gives you this immense knowledge of 20th century composition. So well, Wasn't Orpheus the greatest singer? Yeah, it's based, it's called that, Orpheo. So this book, the science in it is AI technology. Yeah. And and he really, and the neural network. Is there any scariness? I, I say that because I read something from Mr. Hawking. Who's Stephen Hawking. He said, he said, watch out for aliens you don't want to meet and watch out for AI. Well, if you would like, I can recommend a fantastic blog called Wait But Why. And uh, do a search for Wait But Why AI. And there's a wonderful, very large overview of all of all the different thoughts about AI, and um, it's something that nobody thinks about. But there is a possibility that we're about to create a new form of life that will outstrip us almost instantaneously by thousands and by infinite amount. I mean, and it's it could be right around the corner. Do you very remember uh, Forbidden Planet? Yeah, Robbie the Robot. Yeah. But then there's, <laughs> the girl is a, right, total invention. Well, this... And then there's a lot of Star Treks with, it, with this theme. The problem with all the science fiction is yeah. I, I don't think people quite appreciate that once it's taken us a billion years for our genes to create a human being, once an artificial intelligence becomes conscious, it is able to genetically engineer itself instantaneously in split seconds. So the problem is that, you know, in, in the Terminator, we fight back against oh, yeah, these yeah, things. Yeah. The truth is, if this were to actually occur, there's not any fighting back. All you can hope is that they um, have some reverence for their creators because there's no, there's no battle. They control, and an artificial intelligence loose on the internet controls everything and is thinking a trillion times faster than any human being is thinking. So... That, that little contest is over. But that's not really the emphasis of this book. The emphasis of this book is, what is it to be a human? And the two schools are, no machine could ever be what a human is, have compassion, feel love, um, create art. And the other school is, well, maybe consciousness is not that unique. Maybe consciousness is a very naturally occurring thing in nature. That's the one thing scientists are completely unable to make any headway on. What is consciousness? Yeah, let's focus it. What if we just apply it to music? Why isn't there a program that can just knock out hit songs? We are still in the infancy. We do not have computers that are moving faster than us, that have more disposal. They're getting You would think there's only so many, right? Um, You know, the thing about the 10,000 monkeys and the typewriter. There's only a finite... A set of options to make a pop song. You should think that they could get some kind of program. Well, I, there is a program that did a Beatles simulation that is absolutely hilarious. It is hilarious because a lot of those Beatles songs are so surreal yeah, and make yeah, no yeah. sense. And it's, But the thing is, the reason is that there has to be a consciousness directing. Okay. Directing. Unless you're John Cage. But, but you were just saying, what is consciousness? Right. Yeah. Now, John Cage says, take the consciousness yeah, out. Yeah, of course. So... A computer can create that, but can it create a pop song? I I personally think pop songs and rock songs are a very, very complex high art form. I think you are... But you know, some of them only have one part. Yes. 
Like, for example, Harry Nielsen, Lyman the Coconut. Yeah, sure. Right at C7. Or, or every, every song. Uh, I think a land of Social a Distortion song. They only sing. But, I mean, really popular songs. Yeah. Uh, land of a Thousand Dances. Yep. I think that's one part. And it's a mysterious thing that makes something like that that is so simple. American resonate. Woman? Like resonate. I think that's got one part. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. But that's mysterious and wonderful. yeah, yeah. yeah. Aren't there Minutemen songs with only one part? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. They weren't that popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe McCarthy's goes. I mean, it's like one fucking part. Well, the, the thing is, human beings... They... Actually, if you added more parts, you would probably rob the, vo- the focus, the, uh, focus of the yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a technique, the simple. Yeah, it's a technique. The minimalism. But... Blues, right? You, one of the tropes is human beings hold their consciousness in their brains... In such high esteem. Yeah, yeah, of course. And yet... It's all centric. So in one of the lyrics I say, uh, as I was walking to St. Ives, I met a man with seven wives. You know that? Yeah. You know that? And then another line is, brother, brother, sisters, have I none, but that man's father is my father's son. You know these little word games that, that are... Uh, so people think that their brains are thinking clearly, are very logical, are full of compassion, are these wonderful things. And one of the ideas is, you're not that advanced, really. No, you're reciting. And it's possible that a consciousness could develop in a different... within these these uh, neural networks of a computer. Okay. Conceivably. Okay, so one of my up. challenges was to take yeah. instruments and turn them into voices. And you'll hear that throughout this piece. There will be an instrument, and it will sound like it's talking. And that's my, my little analogy for... A, uh, a an animate object. I heard in a classical orchestra, the oboe is supposedly the human voice. Well, you know the talk box on the on the guitar. It's that frequency. I'm doing a lot of that stuff. I can add vowels, and it's very eerie, very eerie to have these um, these instruments. I mean, you know, Frampton kind of ruined it, but I'm not I'm not doing Actually, it. Actually, though, he got it from Joe Walsh. Right. I'm not. <laughs> I'm hopefully using it. And it's such an easy idea. You turn the mouth into a because there's just a. a Speaker with the tube and yeah. it's putting the sound in your mouth so you can yeah. modulate it by. We're at the end of the first hour, April 25, 2017, Dishwap Peter Show, special guest Paul Rosser. Hold tight for hour two. April 25, 2017, it's the second hour of Watt for Pedro Show.
like you make me sick So goddamn perfect I'd even rather not eat Trapped in the foulness of my wretched little pen Sick and suicidal Wondering if there'll be no end That's all I ever get out of love Is about beating my head against the wall Signs on my arm Terminal schizophrenia Wanting to rip off my skin People like you make me grim People like you People like you People like you Shouldn't even be allowed in public places It's worse than a riot The random violence of your presence To top it all off You come up to me and talk of your things You're worse than degenerate Beating off of other people's greed People like you all I ever get out of love is both a bind my head against the wall. Bugs of hardened designs on my arms. Terminal schizophrenia wanting to rip off my skin. People like you make me grin. People like you. People like you.
helpless lay adrift on a sea of humanity. Each lifeline defines a sea of life. One by one slips from conscience, from sanity. Nothing more endearing than holding on to strife. Cloudburst of confusion, sunburst of clarity. Lightning of passion, sparkle of wit. Kindness and humility from the years fill a person intelligence in those eyes. Warm and loved, angry, confused, alone, from star to star of memory in the night zone. Guided and lost, contact through aggravation, recognition and love which is new every day. Lonely cry to a universe slipping past, joined in the group's chorus safe at last, drifting unchained, a long last sigh till joining the chorus in the sky.
Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with uh, the third part of Galatea. H. Yeah. Paul Rossler. Then Nervous Gender. People like you. I think it was the album. Are you, are you on the album? Don's on the album. I'm just on the... Uh, just a little bit, right? The six-song thing out of Target that they did. No, the no, 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 not, There's this album, that's yeah. studio, that Don... I know Don's a big part of yeah. it. I was only in there for a minute. We, okay, a, okay. By that time, you were out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was a huge fan. I was a shit. huge fan. I know, I know. But I it know. was a hard band to be in. Yeah, the, the uh, personalities and... I mean, I was just a naive little kid. I, yeah. They were on to... Stuff. Well, you were coming out of the Screamers, right? I was. I am still a naive little kid. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> some stuff just is too much for me. <laughs> and uh, I finally realized that the Tupperwares were just a singing group. There was somebody behind them called Telepaths, and that's where Duce was. Yeah, Telepaths. I met those guys. They were too. Seattle band. Uh-huh. Well, both Tupperwares were Seattle, too. And and also that Melvatos dude, that's Tommy! yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't fucking put it together. You know, you don't know. And it wasn't that long. It wasn't that long, but uh, things changed quicker in those days. Huh? It's weird. And one of the guys is gone, Gerardo. Yep. And he was kind of the one of the main cats. Yep. Michael's still around, though, right? Yeah, I've seen him recently. Michael's had a lot of health problems. Edward, Edward? Is, is, is very involved, and they still do shows. But it's... Uh, nervous gender? Yes, but wow. it's now... On the computer. Okay. And the thing about Nervous Gender was it was like, nah, 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 nah. they're playing with their fingers. All the modulations are out of time. Yeah, so it no, just, no sequence. I, I said that this is a, yeah, no sequence. Yeah. This was an invented rhythm that I never heard before. It's called, to me, the avalanche rhythm. It's like the rhythm of a thousand rocks rolling down a hill. So they get going and going. <laughs> so it feels like you're running. But <laughs> but but isn't that innovative? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, is brilliant. Well, I think Kraftwerk was like that. I don't think they had the drummers play uh, sequencers in the old days. It was the, just them playing synthesizers it? by hand. But there was something going. Dun, dun, no, dun, but dun. I, I would see them play like sliders. And one guy had sticks, little electric sticks. Yeah. One guy was like playing sliders. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, they didn't have. Craftwork, I think, was a little different. I'd be curious to know what their actual setup was. Yeah. Because I don't know. What other electronic bands had two drummers? Yeah. Yeah. Both guys left. It's, I think they call it Ralphworth now. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> and they're all on synthesizer. And it's all sequences. Well, someone said they had seen that. They played recently at the Hollywood Bowl, and someone said yeah, it was fantastic. And I was never a huge fan of that. You see, I was. It was I got huge... disappointed as it got... I'm a romantic. I'm not, not a huge fan of Devo for the same reason. I'm... I'm, I'm I don't think they used the last thing. I think they had a really but a good drummer. I mean content, not... Oh. I mean the content. I'm not in... I mean... I'm a romantic. Okay. Not, I'm less of a classicist. They were at Kent State. You know, they started that band after they saw, saw the shooting. Yeah. I like those. I think those bands are amazing. That's when they stopped being hippies. And I also heard about a big Captain Beefheart show in Akron that everybody was at. The Pretender Lady, the Perubu, Devo guys. It was like... Yeah, it was really intense. Yeah. Uh, the Silent Spiral from Ardo, they're out of Bologna. Ghost Wolves with I Got Money. Uh, LHS, blow, a Blown Asshole. Uh, Joe Brewer, Jack Brewer's cousin, out of Madison with Chorus. Uh, the Mailman out of Torrance, I think friends, young friends of Kurt Schellenbach he'd been working with mm-hmm. in the labor camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Living Dead and Annoying. Uh, Total McDonough's. 
Iokita and Brother Steve McKay, one of the last things he recorded, uh, number one. And uh, finally, uh, Engineer, Galatea, Paul Rosser. So H in Engineer, what are these two parts? H is the name of the implementation. It's about the fifth impl implementation of the, uh, of the um, neural network, and it's the one that actually wakes up. And H is the name, uh, they, they call her Helen, when, okay. she, when she apparently begins to have a consciousness. Engineer, the, there's two characters. There's the, there's the writer uh, who is telling the story, and then there's the scientist at this university who is making the neural networks. Yeah. And they have a little... Uh, rivalry and hatred going on. So the writer calls the scientist engineer as a put down, like you're not some theorist, you're just an engineer. And the, uh, the uh, scientist calls the writer Marcel. That's his way of... In, in, of uh, oh, because there's a part called Marcel. I think it ends with Marcel. Right, that's that, as in Marcel Proust. So he's like, it's their little rivalry. So I have a small connection. Twice the students have stayed at a hotel in Normandy, part of France, that... Marcel Proust lived in for seven years. Have you years. read his stuff? Well, they're, they're pretty worried. I haven't <laughs> got into them yet. Remembrance. and uh, I, I'm When reading, I was a younger man, I, I tried to wade through it. I mean, there's a buttload of writing. I'm reading Henry James right now, and that's some tough going a little bit, too. He's kind of in the same boat. A little, a little bit. bit. But it's, I'm, I'm like, I'm reading Wings of the Dove right now, because uh, they say that... a lot that, of time in Europe. He's a Boston yes. guy. I, yeah, yeah. You know who's a big fan? Raymond Pettibone. Of Henry James. Yeah. Well, I had read William James. I'd read a lot of William James, who I'm a huge fan of. He's a psychologist. Yeah. And he wrote Pragmatism and one of the great American philosophers, really, who's, yeah. whose writing still is kind of inarguable, despite Wittgenstein and everything, postmodernism and Foucault and everything else. I still think William James was really onto something. And they're brothers. Yeah. They're two of the yeah. most... And people told me William James was... The greatest psychologist and, and uh, William James was the greatest writer, and Henry James was the greatest psychologist. So they reversed. But I wanted to give Henry a chance, and uh, he's very interesting. <laughs> but um, engineer, I, you know, it's so hard, Mike, to write music on what might be tend to be dry subjects. You know, I don't want this piece to be all theory and and dry. And I have this big hole in the middle where I want to write something about the scientist. And um, so I think I'm looking at the lyrics and I'm like, what is, the, <clears throat> what is the heart of this guy? But what it is is his wife, who he's married to for 40 years, has severe Alzheimer's. And every day, he's this, he's this hard-ass guy. Yeah. You know, and, but at the root of all this is every night, he goes and visits his wife, who doesn't recognize him. Yeah. And I, I, I extrapolated that to all human beings everywhere. When there you see these people doing these terrible things, there is some tragedy below them, usually. I'm not saying there aren't completely vile people with no explanation, but very generally. And, you know, having had kids, you have a little kid, and they're doing something just terrible. They're, like, beating on each other or something. And you're like, you say, hey, stop it, and you separate them. And they're being bad. But you don't love them any less. You love that kid just as much, even when they're doing something terrible. And you see a, a guy whose kid commits crimes, and he's still trying to protect his son because there's still that love. Yeah. For and that's a um, that's a a um, a strange. Well, you know, I did 125 months with Stooges, and Egg. Sometimes, you know, we're having the debrief and after the gig. And, 
talking about the drummer and the bass player. So you're right there with them. I mean, some dudes, uh, that's a, it's not a disrespect. In, in fact, Scotty's son started talking about the, the singer. <laughs> it's like, you'd be in the room with the guy. But I, well, it's also the poet. You know, he just turned seven, you know, and I just wrapped with him. In fact, he wanted one of my basses. I want one, Mike. So I, said, I had him one set. I so saw your spiel on the bass, Mike. Congratulations on the bass. That was delightful. Five to, or six years of working delightful on that. Delightful to watch. Well, look, your name that. was going to be on it, you know. Yeah. yeah. I remember first telling me him and Lee's. It was one conference call with the Fender guy, like a voice. You, you got to go back and forth, right? I respect these guys, but anyway, uh, you're talking. There about was he had so many guys in his band. Maybe it, it was the drummer or it was the bass. You know, and look at his his journey. Yeah. And so maybe it wasn't a disrespect. So when when I read Engineer, that's what I, I kind of thought that's what it was about. It, but I didn't know it was being used as a put down, because some with Egg, I know it wasn't a put down. Yeah. It was like this is the man's job, but I value this man. I know job. Engineer in your lexicon is one of the highest. Yeah, or something like that. It is. Or it, Chief, or Sailor, or something. Engineer, yes. you, give, you, you, you have respect for that man's work. This, these are these effete intellectuals that are putting a theorist above a, above an engineer. Persona, so, but over an ability. But whatever, look, humans get into these conflicts, like you talk about, and hopefully there's a, a bigger love, just like you with the sons. And you know what? It's time for Brother Matt to bring it. Oh, cool. The spin cycle. Yeah. Einen recht schönen guten Abend, meine Damen und Herren. Ich begrüße Sie recht herzlich zu unserem heutigen Fernsehprogramm und wünsche Ihnen einen recht guten
dich mit zwölf schon hinter mich gebracht. Mann, bin ich belesen, ey. Und die Erfrischungswaffen sind ausgelaufen. Und diese Schafschokolade macht ein Fetter und Fetter und Fetter und Fetter und Doch, ich schalte die Glatze an. Happiness, flutsch, flutsch, von von Glotz von ja, ich kann mich gar nicht entscheiden, ist alles so schön bunt hier. Ich klopf TV. 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 Sometimes I feel 
like a motherless child. Yes, sometimes I feel like a motherless Touch faith. He's your love. 
Our guest got me in a, one of the chapters that we haven't touched on is Nina Hagen. So I got into some Nina Hagen and discovered this righteous album I didn't know with all those cool blues and gospel cuts. Yeah. And I didn't know that Paul Rossler was essential in making He's that the happen. the man behind the curtain. Yeah. That and he vision. goes back, he was in her band yeah, in the many like, many late months. 70s or 1980, she, okay, she found cool. me. Took me, to, took me to Europe and... I got to see the world. Righteous. Well, I dug that album. That's a righteous one. Oh, well, that's a good reason to be inspired. Yeah. It's been a second hour, April 25, 2017, Dishwap Peter Show, Brother Matt, our guest, Paul Rossler. Hold tight for hour three. Yeah.
April 25, 2017. It's the third hour of the Watford Pedro Show.
Hearts were bathed in eyes I couldn't feel my poor heart Face in the mirror was some other guy's And man, he was falling
Every time I go on tour, I'm asking why. Do I need to spend my time with those drunk guys? Booking shows for unknown one man band like mine. I don't know why. Every time I leave my town, I'm feeling down. I'm alone with all those tapes, but I like to drive to a shitty city where I wouldn't like to die. To die. To die, to die. Start to play, I feel alive. I feel like Joe Strummer, John Doe, or Mike Ward. I see myself in a mirror when I was a child, and I'm a child. I'm a child. I'm a child. Returning home.
from Pedro Show. We started off the third hour with the fifth part of Galatea, Graceful Degradation, Paul Rossler. Uh, and, 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 and what, this is like uh, five, six through the piece. So, it, this well, um, what happens is an AI, AI is beginning to uh, appear to uh, show can of consciousness. Um, the uh, the author reads in the news. This is spoiler alert here. I, I would love everyone who listens to the piece to read the book, but the author reads in uh, the news, the uh, the world news for the last five years, and the um, computer uh, digests it and uh, says goodbye and turns herself off, and that's called de- graceful degradation. So maybe the the clearest indication of consciousness is the ability to commit suicide. Maybe that's what he's saying. Oh, like a right. Yeah. And, no, you know, I wanted... Law, we, we have laws against it, right? I know, crazy. You know, I, I wanted to have a piece where not too much happened because I feel like there's really intense ideas and it gets very wordy. And I, yeah, yeah. And I always am writing stuff where it's like event, event, event. And so I just wanted to... Well, you were interpreting a guy's book too, so that gave you some footing. It was interesting. I've never done that. More grounded. Yeah. But I wanted just a piece of music that just had space. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was going to write words for it. Yeah. And I, you know, the way I write words, sometimes I'll go, blah, blah, and then I'll go back afterwards. I go, what did he say there? And this time I just left it. Yeah. I just left it. It's just voiceless. And, yeah. um, but it's just a time. It's just. Or the instruments. You said you're trying to give voices out of the instruments. Yeah. There's a lot of that happening. And in that case, the voice is an instrument. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Basho with the Feng Shui Hamburg. Yeah, cool. Blood Quartet, blood of uh, Barcelona. One of the guys from Mars. No way. God, 70s. Wow. You know, when, when we talk about guys from the old days, <laughs> or the less young days, there's no more old days. There's just less young days. <laughs> okay, open kimono with the uh, topsy of a dead duck, payroll union, the winner 41. Yeah, I love young people writing about the winter 41. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> Out of Sheffield, which is... Uh, the two big bands, I think, are Cabaret Voltaire and Def Leppard. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe... Who's the other one? It's uh, a fertile, Iron fertile, artistic, <laughs> fertile artistic... Okay, brand. Phoenix Brown with Gutterfinger, great mashup. Yeah. Take Black Flag. Mm-hmm. And, oh, cool, cool. That's something that's totally engineered. Yeah, Matt, the mashup. Some of that stuff is pretty creative. Yeah, yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah, Senor uh, Senor Al out of London, South London, with grind them heels on down. The Seb and the Radix out of uh, Lyon, France, with home. Now, now, <clears throat> this, this last part is called Marcel, and this is the the cat, right? This uh, piece is actually was a somewhat of a found object because I had, I wrote the music for this. And I I wasn't going to create this piece, so I just one day I just tried to write some words to it about breaking up with my girlfriend or something. And I, it was a failure. It was one take. I didn't like it. When I went back to assemble the whole piece into one piece, I thought it was uh, it was perfect as a standalone. It was very weak, but as a as a and that's why it's so interesting writing a big piece. Do you find yeah. this? They're cumulative. Yeah, sure. They're cumulative. You lay these seeds. They come to fruition at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, I, you know, it needs that context of the wholeness. Yeah, and and it's and I, I really love. There's so I have so much of ability to control everything with digital. Mike, that is so rude. 
I know. <laughs> Your leash is howling. <laughs> it's what? I gotta do the spiel. <laughs> Sorry, people. That's so fucked up. You know, it no, leave it. So. It hardly ever rings. But back, back to your point uh, about how this thing that you might have thought was a, a discarded. It, it's so easy to control every single aspect of music. And I'm always looking for the subconscious. It's easy for me to rule out the sub- subconscious because I've got this digital control over everything. So when an accident happens or when, oh, okay. when something juxtaposes in a way that is unexpected, yeah, I, yeah. I, that's one of my gifts is to be awake and aware enough. Gotcha. When I'm producing somebody, when somebody does something by accident... And I go, wait a second, listen back to that. Now, usually they won't do it. That's not what I meant to do. Yeah. It's like, hold on, please, do you hear what you just no, did? But sometimes... They're second-guessing themselves. Yeah. So you, I really believe in um, being really present in this uh, yeah, yeah. process, you know? And you, I learned so much recording all these these people, you know? Well, well let's listen to Marcel. Sure. Last part. I got it to you.
La for Pedro show, last music for this edition. We heard the uh, conclusion, uh, Galatea, Marcel, and then uh, from uh, Terracina, not Roma, Noto Ingola from Manlio, Maresca, and Manuel for Errors. Okay, when you got it done. Versus when you started, you were inspired by a book, and then you, were, you finally had the piece. In fact, it involves some pieces that weren't even going to be related, right? But you put it together. And when you heard it, was it like both hands on your hips? It was like sugar bowl? Or was it like teapot with the one hand out pointing? Like, look at that. I mean, because this happens to me. I get surprised, like, whoa. And you were just saying the last time we were on the air in the spiel, you like the surprises. You're trying to create situations that can provide those. Because... You're so used to this control part, it kind of wears you out, right? I wanted it. I wanted it to be so great. So I don't know if you ever have this, but sometimes I'm doing the final bounce of the mix, and I'm just like, yeah, just didn't didn't make it again. One more, one just fell short one more time. But then I let's do it again the next day, and you know, because I I was uh, living with it for months. Yeah, you know? sure. I was living with it for months, and uh, and I felt. That um, there was enough. There were imp- ideas that I thought were important. There were ideas that were thought were important, and I, you know, I sent it to the author. I never even thought of that. I, I, I mean, I, this author James was Powers. Richard Powers. Richard he's, Powers. He's like nominated for Pulitzer, and he's like one of our great writers. And I never thought he was. Where's he live? Uh, I think he's at Stanford now. Okay. He's at Stanford teaching, okay. or, or maybe teaching, maybe artist in residence. And it was like I was almost done and I was going, you know, I actually ought to contact him because there's, I use a couple lines from the book. He should know about it, you know. Okay. And um, I sent it to him and I sat around for a week on pins and needles, you know. Because I, I cared. I mean, I don't care really about everybody, but I cared that the writer, and it's a very personal book, despite its sort of esoteric uh, scientific side of it it's it's really painfully about his life also and he got back to me and he wrote me just like the most beautiful beautiful reply and um you know for me that was that was my grammy that was my grammy wow you know because uh well, in a way you guys did a collab we did a collab and and he was so generous in what he said yeah. you know and um, and it, and he said one of the things he said it was so interesting because the work it stands alone. If you haven't read the book, yeah. you don't know what's happening in the music. Sure, sure. And um, but he and I know exactly. Right. And not only that, the book is pretty autobiographical, so it's his life. And you know, and he he said that I had captured, you know, a lot of the emotions that were going on in, in his life. And oh, man, so. Um, so I felt like I want to give it its chance. You know, the difference between it and this piece and the, in the book is the AI in my piece becomes very wise very quickly. In his piece, she's still sort of a baby. She, she, she develops a consciousness. She's beginning to see things, but she's very unformed. And I feel like that was 1995 and we're 20 years later with computers. And my computer... My Helen, in my piece, starts saying some very, very wise things, you know, that human beings could learn from. So um, I remember in 95 us talking about, will we ever be able to move music across the Internet? Remember we were talking about those ideas? Yeah. 
I was like, suck it. Yeah. <laughs> I collaborated with people I don't even meet. Yeah. And I remember the night, that, that's only 22 years ago, but man, in a way, it was another time. The egalitarian revolution that we were talking about and that we sort of were there at the beginning of yeah. really happened. You know, and and you know it's you. Maybe it's harder to make a living. You got to work really hard at it. But I think it's great that things are free. I think lots of things should be free. I want the same thing that happened to the music industry, where you can hear all the music you ever want for free. I want that to happen to the food industry, and to the healthcare industry, and the water and the connect. I want one industry after another, transportation, to topple the way the music industry did, it, so that. You don't think, in a way, the music industry went back to what, actually, what it was? Yes, if you look I at think... the whole history of music, wasn't a lot of it performed? And then for a hundred years, they got to put out a piece of medium and sell it. Yeah, exactly. It kind of went back. It was people playing for each other. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it kind of went back. Which I tell people, people want me to go see shows. And honestly, the experience of making music with people is yeah. so much more intense and so much deeper than standing in the audience. And, you know, you give them the best advice when you tell them start your own band. Because however wonderful a time they're having watching you, they're going to have a more transcendent experience if they give the, the effort, the, the sacrifice, the work yeah. of doing your own music pays off. And you walk through life differently. It's like a, it's like therapy. It's like exercise. You know, it's well, like learning. Paul, Paul, it's really great because I don't have to ask you the last question. What's your advice? Because <laughs> <laughs> that is great fucking advice. It is. There's the no heart. I want to thank you so much for coming aboard and bringing. Yeah, the, awesome the conversation. A proj and any other stuff you come. What studio are you at downtown? Kitten Robot. Kitten Robot. Track okay. us down and on people Facebook. People on the internet want to know about what you're doing. Is there a place they can go? Uh, you know, you can find me on Facebook. Kitten Robot has its own site. It's a good way to contact me. What's the um, URL? Uh, Kitten Robot on Facebook. And then I, um, uh, you can email me, Ross. I'm pretty easy to find. Okay. And I put all my music up on SoundCloud, Paul Ross or SoundCloud. That's all the stuff. You can just listen to it. I, you know, you can't download it. P-A-U-L-R-O-E-S-S-L-E-R. -S -S -E yeah, you can listen to Galatea there if you want to get okay. into that. Uh, thanks so much. Okay. Thank for you, Mike. Mike the ride, all the things the that Pedro, you, all the the things that yeah. you have here. done, Mike. All the things Brother you've Matt, done. Brother Matt, my pleasure. Always your essential Aiden in a bit. Much grateful for sure. it. Probably be in a month before I get to see you again. Because I got a Sally Forth. Yeah, I will return to Bungie Cord. We'll snap you back to Pedro. <laughs> and we'll be doing another show. Bitchin'. Thanks again, Paul. Have Thanks, a safe man. drive. Yeah, great to see you. Remember, we're uh, politically we're brothers. <laughs> Geographically, we're a little separated. <laughs> Big love. Everybody out there, it's been April 25, 2017 edition of Waffle Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. Yeah.